Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Mark. Happy Thursday, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into the P40 Ministries podcast on this beautiful Thursday morning. And it's almost the weekend, so that's exciting. But, uh, you know, I always call you guys faithful listeners. And sometimes I reiterate this fact because um, new people tune in all the time. And I want to express why I call you guys faithful listeners. And that is because we are faithfully listening to the Bible. You are not my faithful listeners. <laughs> But you are faithfully listening to God's word because that's what we talk about here on the podcast. We literally just talk about the Bible pretty much the entire time. Not always, but so today we will be talking about Mark chapter 10 verses 1 through 16. Because once again, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do a New Testament episode. And then Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I do an Old Testament episode. So definitely stay tuned for those as well. But anyway, let's go ahead and talk about this. I will be reading a W.E.B. version of the Bible. Grab your cup of coffee and let's go ahead and jump right in. He arose from there and came into the borders of Judea beyond the Jordan. Multitudes came together to him again. As he usually did, he was teaching them. Pharisees came to test him and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a certificate of divorce to be written and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, For your hardness of heart, he wrote to you this commandment. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. Genesis 1 verse 27. For this cause, a man will leave his father and his mother and will be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Genesis 2 24. So that they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. In the house, his disciples asked him again about the same matter. And he said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. If a woman herself divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. They were bringing to him little children that he should touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who were bringing them. But when Jesus saw it, he was moved with indignation and said to them, Allow the little children to come to me. Don't forbid them, for God's kingdom belongs to such as these. Most certainly I tell you, whoever will not receive God's kingdom like a little child, he will in no way enter into it. He took them into his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. So it's kind of funny about the little children thing at the very end of this portion because uh, Jesus was literally just talking about little children the chapter before at the end of that. And uh, he was like cuddling the little kids that were in the house with him. And he was saying to the disciples that they need to be like little children. They had to like serve other little children. And that was how they were going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So now Jesus leaves that house and it says that he came into the borders of Judea and beyond the Jordan. So he traveled a little bit and it says multitudes came together to him again And as he usually did, he was teaching them. So this is where I think it's really funny that Mark is always talking about Jesus, like moving and, you know, teaching and all this stuff. And um, it's just Jesus is like the most active person that he could possibly be. And that's how Mark portrayed him because Jesus was very active. He was always moving around. He was always traveling. He was always healing people. 
And he had very little rest because all these people were always coming up to him and asking him for stuff and whatever else. So as usual, it says, Jesus was teaching the multitudes. And so these Pharisees came to him, testing him and asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? So they were trying to trick Jesus into saying something very, very unpopular. I actually did a very similar episode to this back when we talked about this in Matthew. And what the Pharisees were actually trying to do here was trick Jesus into saying something either contrary to God's word or very, very unpopular and the people would start to hate him because in God's law, they're talking specifically about a portion in scripture where Moses allowed the people to divorce their wives only if they were able to get a certificate of divorce. So back in the times of Moses, this was supposed to be a process that people had to go through in order to divorce their wives. But in the times of Jesus, it became kind of like regular men were just divorcing their wives over practically nothing sometimes they would divorce their wives if she got unattractive to them or if she burnt their breakfast that was literally a thing some rabbis actually preached that it was a man's duty religious duty to divorce their wives if she even burned the breakfast okay now let me just tell you something i am so glad that that's not a rule nowadays because i burn everything (laughs) I literally burn every single thing that I touch. I am a horrific cook. I am so, so bad at cooking. And I'm not even just saying that to get your guys' sympathy. I am just a bad cook. I hate cooking. I don't enjoy cooking. I love to eat, but I don't love to cook. I dread cooking. And my husband knows this, and he is thankfully very gracious about it. And he um, he eats my burned food. <laughs> But sometimes, more often than not, we either go out to eat, or my husband cooks, or I will cook something that um, does not require a whole lot of cooking, like a salad. (laughs) I'm actually really good at salads. I think that the reason I'm so good at salads is because it literally requires no cooking. I just throw a whole bunch of leaves into a bowl and put some toppings on it, and man, I have a really good meal and a really good salad going. And uh, sometimes I like to put tuna fish on my salad. But okay, I am going way off track here. So anyway, these men would would divorce their wives over the tiniest little things back in Jesus's day. And that was commonly practiced and commonly taught by the rabbis. Now, there was another school of rabbis that actually believed the opposite. They believed the only way you could divorce your wife was through sexual immorality. But that was a very unpopular belief system back in Jesus's day. No one wanted to do that. Okay, so, but here's what Jesus says here. So instead of the Pharisees tricking Jesus into saying something either contrary to the law or, you know, something super unpopular, here's what, here's what Jesus says. He says, what did Moses command you? So he answers their question with a question, which by the way, is um, one of the best things you can do if somebody's trying to challenge you. Gregory Kokel, I had him on my podcast a while back. In his book, Tactics, that is literally one of his tactic to defend yourself is to ask the person a question that makes them think about what they are saying. So that's what Jesus does here. He says to the Pharisees, he says, what did Moses command you? So they answer him. They say, Moses allowed a certificate of divorce to be written and to divorce her. That word, allowed, that is the key word. And when they say that, Jesus jumps on that word and he says to them, for your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. So what Jesus is saying here is that Moses allowed people to get divorces, but he didn't 
command it. He allowed it, but he didn't command it. And the reason he allowed it was because of the hardness of people's hearts. Now, say my husband goes off and cheats on me with another girl. That would cause me to have a pretty hard heart. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could forgive him after that. That would be really hard. And vice versa. Like if I went off and cheated on my husband with some other guy, I'm sure my husband's heart would be very hard against me. He'd be very, very hurt over that. And I don't think I, I don't know if our relationship could be repaired after that. That's, it's very hard, especially, you know, my husband, he was cheated on before in the past, before he met me. So, I mean, that would be very, very hard in that situation for him to be married to somebody who cheats on him. And, you know, I don't know if our relationship could be repaired, though God does repair everything and he can repair everything. But that would be something that would cause, I believe, a lot of hardness in our hearts. We would be hard against our partner. So if my husband cheated on me, I would be in a state of unforgiveness, I believe, for a very, very long time. And vice versa. So Moses gave the people this law in protection against that so that people weren't going around willy-nilly cheating on their spouses with no consequences. So that is why the certificate of divorce was made. And I don't know if it applied to the woman being allowed to divorce her husband back in those days or not. I don't know. And I'm not going to comment on that right now. But this is specifically talking about men divorcing their wives until Jesus talks about women here in a moment. But anyway, it says that for the hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this cause, a man will leave his father and mother and will be joined to his wife. And the two will become one flesh, so that they are no longer two, but one flesh. For whatever God has joined together, let no man separate. Commonly said at weddings. Everybody loves this passage of scripture for weddings. And I love it too. And I actually wrote a micro blog post on my Facebook page about this uh, exact verse. This joining together that Jesus is talking about is fully countercultural to Jesus's time period. The man was considered to have like this religious duty to divorce his wife if she was doing this or that or burning his stake or whatever. <laughs> but now Jesus is giving this new way of thinking about marriage where two people are on completely equal footing. I mean, this is even countercultural nowadays with the rise of uh, feminism. It, it's very countercultural to think that both the man and the woman are on equal footing. But I'm not going to go into that too much. But what I'm saying here is that Jesus was talking about these two people being joined together as one. This does not mean that one is above the other one. If you are joined together, you are fully equal, right? And in fact, the word here, the Greek word that Jesus uses that I can't pronounce for joined together actually means being yoked together. So a yoke is something that would join together two animals, like two ox or something like that. And the ox would have to work together in order to complete whatever task was being done. Let's say like plowing a field or something like that. So the ox would have to work together. They were both fully equal together in that yoke. One ox might be stronger than the other ox. One, one ox might be bigger than the other ox. One ox might be, I don't know, uh, better smelling than the other ox. <laughs> but anyway, it doesn't matter. They're both fully equal. Those two ox have to work together 
to plow that field together. And this is kind of like the the idea that Jesus is bringing forth is this idea that a man and a woman in a marriage relationship are fully equal, equal partners who need to work together in order to have a successful marriage. And Jesus further illustrates this point by saying that God made them male and female, which is saying that God made them both in his image. So they are both equal. So when he's saying this to the Pharisees and the multitudes are listening to this, Jesus is literally saying to the people that wives and husbands are on fully equal footing. A marriage relationship is two people working together completely in unity to achieve the same goal. Now, I don't personally believe that Jesus is saying that we have to stay in, in physically abusive relationships or in relationships with um, partners who have cheated on us or anything like that, because otherwise God would never have given uh, Moses that option to give the people a certificate of divorce. But what I do believe that Jesus is saying here is that divorce should be basically the last outlet, the worst case scenario in a sense, and not something that um, that people just do because their partner isn't sexy enough or something like that. But um, in other words, marriage should be a first priority. Even above the bond between a mother and her kids or a father and his kids, it should be the first priority because it says that the child will leave their father and mother and be joined to the wife. So they should be joined together in marriage. So this means that even children are supposed to leave the nest and go off and be married. That parent and child relationship is no match for a relationship between a husband and a wife. So now in verse 10, after Jesus finishes saying um, all this stuff to the Pharisees and to the multitudes, and it says that they go into the house, wherever they're staying, and the disciples ask him again about this marriage topic because it was so unique. They haven't heard anything like this before. And so Jesus says to the disciples, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And so that right there is, is unique because back then the, the men were taught that it was almost a religious duty to divorce the wife if she displeased him. But then Jesus goes on to say, even in the case of a woman, if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. So once again, Jesus is showing the equality between the two sexes. The man should not be divorcing his wife over somebody that looks prettier, looks better. And the woman should not be divorcing her husband over someone who gives her better feelings about herself or whoever else. That's not the point of marriage. The point of marriage is to work together to produce results. And uh, I could go on about this topic for so long about, you know, what do you do if one person in a marriage relationship is not working together? Or, you know, what do you do in this situation? I mean, oh, man, there's so many things I could go on with, but I'm not going to answer all those questions today about this. Those are all questions for another day. But anyway, I'm going to go on and talk about verses 13 through 16 here. So he talks about the little children. So it says that, um, I don't know if he was still in the house at this point or if he moved on or what, but it says, that they were bringing to Jesus little children so that he could touch them but the disciples were yelling at all the parents 
<laughs> so Jesus saw it and it says here that he was moved with indignation. So he was probably irritated over the fact that he was literally just talking to his disciples about being little children. And now the disciples are like shooing away all these annoying little kids or whatever. And so Jesus is like, what are you doing? Like, I just talked to you about this little children thing. And now you're getting rid of all these little kids. And so he says, Allow the little children to come to me. Don't forbid them, for God's kingdom belongs to such as these. Most certainly, I tell you, whoever will not receive God's kingdom like a little child, he will in no way enter into it. And so it says that he took the children into his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. So he's hugging and cuddling with all these little kids. What a cute little scene that is. But, um, you know, I want to mostly focus on verse 15 here. So it says, most certainly I tell you, whoever will not receive God's kingdom like a little child, he will in no way enter into it. So that is a very, very important verse that I think we need to think about. So children often have this like glow about them when it comes to like Christmas day, right? I remember being a kid near Christmas Day. It was so exciting for me. It was so fun. I loved Christmas Day. You know, I didn't grow up in a rich family, but Christmas itself was just a fun tradition for me. And I enjoyed um, opening up the the gifts under the tree. I enjoyed the music. I just, actually, it wasn't Christmas Day I, I look forward to. I just loved the season of Christmas. And even now, I still have this like excitement over Christmas. Like my husband and I last night, we were looking for a tree for our house because I don't have one. And uh, I was I was just excited looking at all the different Christmas trees and the glowing lights and whatever else. It's just a fun season. It's a fun holiday with festivities and, you know, we like it. And um, children have this like glow about them during the, the season. You know, that's kind of what I think of when it talks about Jesus saying that we have to be like little children in order to go into the kingdom of heaven. We have to have this like excitement about the kingdom of heaven, like this excitement about what's to come and this new life that we're going to be living with Jesus. And it's going to be perfect. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun all the time. We're going to have work that we love. We're going to, you know, I don't know. I don't know what heaven's like, obviously, but you know, we have to have this like excitement over what's to come, kind of like children have on the Christmas season, which by the way, is coming up very, very quickly. So definitely stay tuned for all the Christmas stuff that will be coming out on P40 Ministries. I'm going to have some new sweaters coming out. And uh, I'm really, really shocked at how quickly this year went by because I was just looking at um, the playlist. You know, I, I do the music at the beginning and end of all my podcast episodes. And I was looking through and it felt like just like last week that I used my Christmas one for the podcast. And I'm I'm digging it back out again. So pretty soon I'm going to be having some Christmas music right after Thanksgiving playing for that. And I'm thinking about doing a special Christmas episode as well. But um, I'll let you guys know more about that as we get closer to it. As far as Thanksgiving goes, I don't know if I'll do anything special for that. But I'll still probably have an episode going on for Thanksgiving. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see about that. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and make sure to look at the show notes for any links that I drop in there um, for anything like that. And also, I forgot to mention the Facebook post that I did about marriage. Definitely go to that at www.facebook.com slash P40 Ministries and you can read my um, little uh, micro blog post that I posted on uh, Facebook this morning regarding Mark chapter 10, which is what we talked about today. And definitely 
definitely follow P40 Ministries on Facebook. I do um, quite a few things actually on Facebook and I'm trying to get more into Facebook. Sometimes I forget about it, but um, I'm trying to do more on Facebook and get more stuff out there so that you guys can see everything that's going on. But anyway, have a wonderful rest of your day and happy listening and God bless.